Today on the Club Ride Apparel podcast, we talk to Andy Bierman, the mayor of Park City, Utah. We talk about bikes, we talk about trails, we talk about the status of Park City uh, going through this crazy time. So enjoy the next episode of the Club Ride Apparel podcast with Andy Bierman. Hey, Andy, thanks for uh, joining us here on the uh, Club Ride Apparel podcast. Yeah, certainly. Good morning, Cameron. Yeah. Hey, uh, Andy, why don't you give our listeners an idea of uh, what it is that you do for, uh, for Park City? Okay. Well, um, I'll give you a little bit of background to ease into it. I, I moved to Park City in 1995, and I actually moved up here to run a backcountry shop in town called White Pine Touring um, and was selling bikes and skis. And that eventually led me to uh, start my own business or, or actually I came on board to manage a business, a hotel up the street, and then eventually uh, became a part owner and then owner of that, um, which my wife and I ran for 20 years. And I started to get increasingly involved in the community, which uh, led me to run for city council nine years ago. I spent six years on the city council, and then three years ago, I was elected mayor. So nowadays, I have uh, I have sold the operations side of my hotel. I still remain an investor in that and focus full time on being mayor to our community. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. Um, so White Pine Touring, you uh, you worked there for how many years? I was there for three years, and it was a uh, it was a great job. I had a lot of fun, met yeah. a lot of people. What a great introduction to to Park City and the mountain culture. Yeah, White Pine and Jans, like such great shops in that in that uh, town. Um, I think, I think, I think a lot of those you know kind of historic ski towns all have one of those like really go to shops that always feel really welcoming to uh, be part of and 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 check out when you're in town. So that's an awesome awesome yeah. spot. Yeah, we're lucky to have uh, we're lucky to have a couple of local shops, and they certainly add a lot of soul to a town. And when I worked for White Pine, was when they still had a location right on Main Street, so it was also a hangout. And when we would do group rides and that, everybody'd show up for barbecues, and then we'd walk up to the bars, and it was, it was a good scene. Yeah, that's always fun. I, I get to see a lot of that working, you know, with Club Ride and various different places. I get to uh, go um, and go on rides with people and. Yeah, the barbecues and beers and all that stuff. It's shops are just so fun, and the the people that work in them are great. And you probably get to get sandbagged by every shop on their local trails. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not a so uh, I can usually you know I can usually hold my own for a while. I'm sure you can do but, just uh, fine. But um, so are you? Do you ride quite a bit? What's your What's your mountain bike background? Yeah. Uh, no, I had to break up for a second. Sorry. Did you? Uh, I I just asked a question, but it may not have gone through. What uh, I do, you do know, you interestingly, you, my background was your, really in climbing. When I first uh, moved out to Utah in 1991, I was working as a. a uh, Knowles instructor for the National Outdoor Leadership School, leading climbing camps and mountaineering expeditions. And so that was my real passion. And um, when I moved to Salt Lake, I needed a, a steady job. So I was running Recreation, which was the, the gym in Salt Lake. And uh, one of our frequent customers was the owner of White Pine Touring, a gentleman by the name of Charlie Sturgis. Uh, him and his wife were mom and popping the business and they were getting ready to have a child. And he invited me to move up to Park City and manage a bike and ski shop. 
And I was neither a very good biker or skier at the time. And I, I told him my concerns and he's like, well, you're a good climber. You can learn how to learn how to do the rest. And you certainly know how to manage a business. So I moved up to Park City and got uh, quite the introduction to biking. I was the new manager and uh, younger than most of my staff, and they really took it to me the first couple of years, uh, drug me out and sandbagged me. And uh, But they were also kind enough to teach me some skills and show me all the great trails. And um, it became quite a passion. And nowadays... Um, uh, particularly since I've been in the mayor's role, it's it's very uh, difficult to travel for very long and hard to take a full day off and go places without cell coverage to climb. So um, biking has become my main go-to sport. And I, I bike probably five days a week. And um, I think I put in a little over 3,000 miles of riding last season. So um, it, it's become quite the passion and really the escape for me to get out and clear my head and, and start most of my days. That's a mix of road, about yeah, half absolutely. road and half wow, trail. 3,000 miles yeah, a year. I, I try to get up. A lot uh, of miles. Uh, my perfect day is I get up at uh, 5 a.m. and hit the trails and get about a 30-mile trail ride in before I uh, have to show up at City Hall at 9 or 9.30. It's a wonderful start to the day. <laughs> nice. That's a good start to the day. <laughs> Can't beat that one bit. So uh, I've, I've ridden in Park City quite a few times. I've um, you know, went over and it, it's funny. I tell people I went over one year and we rode, um, you know, Deer Valley across over to the canyons. We did like two, three to four hour rides in that same zone in two different days. It's, really um, yeah, it's, it's funny. When I um, first got to Park City, so much uh, we had 15 miles of single track and half of that was probably actually more like double track. And now I think we're up at around 450 miles in the region. And that doesn't count uh, nearby Wasatch County that's now building out their own trail network. And, and, and it just, it's amazing. Not only do we have these great trails, but they're all connected. So you can link, um, you can link all these loops together and, and barely cross your path um, to make for really nice long rides and great variety too, in terms of both elevation and difficulty. Yeah, it's always nice when you have those those link-ups so that people aren't having to drive from one place to another. They can ride from home and take one network to get where they're going to to eventually ride that day. So that's that's fantastic. 400-plus miles. That's uh, Sun Valley. We tout our areas as 400 miles or so. Yeah, I started, so really cool to, I started uh, going up. Uh, uh, to I know you guys have close go up to Sun Incredible. Valley area so what is, probably um, twice a year to ride just for some variety. And I started going up there, I think, right around 2000. And back then, I mean, your trail network up there was so, so much bigger than what we had in Park City. So it's been interesting to watch us catch up. But, um, you know, another area with a fantastic trail network. Yeah, the the only thing I would say with uh, Park City versus the yeah. Sun Valley area is probably your trails are more of a non-motorized uh, variety. Um, that you know the the reason that Sun Valley has such great riding is because we had so many old moto trails that were you know grandfathered in from Forest Service or BLM, one of the two, and uh, they've become you know the epic mountain bike rides. Um, so <laughs> you know we're we're really lucky uh, in in two ways in that we have that trail network and two that so much of it is motorized this time of year and into the That's early true. summer. It's yeah. great because the motorized guys are the ones out there, you know, cutting down trees that have fallen all winter. So 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's, Andy, yeah. I'm not joking you. I, I serve on the board of our local trail coalition, the Wood River Trails Coalition. And last yep. year, uh, you've probably been to Lefties and Ketchum, which is kind of the favorite, you know, kind of dive bar, kind of burger beer place. We set up a tab. So you can go in and you can put money on the tab for the motorcycle riders. Because <laughs> they're out there doing so your trail work. That's food, awesome. They can have food and beers on the public, you know. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the Forest Service, you know, can only contract so much of the year, right? They can only spend so much money. So their crews usually don't start working until like the third week of May. So by the third week of May, we're starting to get some, you know, Alpine stuff open, Um and so we're lucky the motorized it's, guys are around. One of the things that I think is interesting is where a lot of the mountain towns are surrounded yeah. by forest service land. And, and so you've got these multi-use trails. Park City is all private land. And so something we started doing back in the 90s was buying this private land and preserving it as open space. And part and parcel of that was to put trails on it. And that's why I think we've been so successful putting in a, a trail network over the last 20 years is because most of this land is owned either by the city or one of our local land trusts, which is, allows us to, to put in these access points to the public. And so we took something that really was a disadvantage, which was the lack of, of protected land and ended up being able to find ways to protect it and create better access. So we got lucky. I don't think we, I don't think we planned all that up front, but it evolved nicely. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice when that happens. And it, and it seems like, you know, whether it's like a Jackson Hole or Park City or luckily in Sun Valley, we, we are just surrounded by Forest Service and BLM everywhere we are. So uh, we're lucky. But, yeah, there's a lot of places that are in that kind of stranglehold of we have all these open spaces, but it's private land. And. You know, we're, yeah. we're seeing it. You probably heard about, you know, the kingdom trails up in um, in Vermont, the problems they're having because of because of people not respecting the private lands that people have just graciously allowed them to use. Yeah. We used to have battles the, here. Uh, Most of the land in you know, Park City is owned by either the mine company that, so. or uh, old family mm-hmm. ranches. And we used to struggle with the family ranches, the sheep herders and that they would um, they would literally force bikers off the property by gunpoint when you would trespass. And, you know, fortunately, over time, we've been able to purchase those properties of them and open them up for everybody. But I remember when I first got here, you did not want to get caught on those private lands. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) That's uh, that's terrible to hear that. But, you know, it, it, it is, is the Wild land, West, right? so, so I, I <laughs> think we become can, more uh, gentrified every year, but certainly but, uh, uh, yeah. anything went at some point in most of our mountain towns. Yeah, no doubt. So what are you guys, um, you know, right now with Park City, what what trails, do you have any new trails coming up? Do you guys wow. have a pump track, um, a new jump let's trail? See, what's, what new? What's, uh, what's Valley, new trail? Let's see, what is new? Deer Valley, they have really jumped in hard with their, um, with their downhill trails on the resort. They've, um, I think it's called Gravity Logic. The company out of Canada has been building a number of really nice uh, downhill stuff, which has been a good amenity uh, for the town. Mountain Trails Foundation is our, our local trails operator, and they are putting a trail in called the 9,000-foot trail. 
you talked about when you were out here, you rode from Deer Valley to the canyons all the way across. You likely rode on the classic um, 8,000 foot trail or the Mid-Mountain Trail, which traverses, uh, used to be all three resorts. Now it's two because Park City and Canyons have merged, but runs roughly all the way around our, um, around our town at 8,000 feet. Uh, we're now adding a counterpart to that, uh, about a thousand feet higher that we're calling the 9,000 foot trail. And last fall mountain trail started on that. And, um, I rode the first section at the end of the season and it was fantastic. It's going to ride our upper bowls and add, um, add another great link up. And then some other works being done. We acquired, a uh, basically a 14,000 area 14,000 uh, acre area called Bonanza Flat um, at the top of our watershed and it's beautiful alpine terrain and we're adding a few trails up there trying because it is such a pristine area where we're really limiting the biking but it will be the first time it's ever had any bike trails so um, it, it should be a really nice amenity and a great place to go when it gets hot yeah yeah, no doubt. That's great. Does, um, I, I mean, I did, we just pedaled around, we parked in, in the parking lot and pedaled around the mountain when we were there, but, uh, um, yeah, so both access, park right? city and deer Valley have lift access, uh, as well as all of our resorts have good uphill access as well. Yeah. The, uh, the uphill, the uphill access is, is pretty amazing there. Um, albeit that even though you guys have a, a very crowded system, that's one thing yep. uh, I did notice because, you know, people from Salt Lake, I'm sure. Yeah, we certainly see a lot of folks come in, both tourists and um, regional um, folks that come in and, and having the Wasatch Front nearby with over 2 million people that, uh, that, that feeds our trail system. But I, I will tell you, as a local, there are certain trails you know you want to stay off of at times of the day or weekends, but it's, it's pretty easy to quickly get out of the, um, get out of the crowds and, and find the lesser known trails. Or once you get probably above the 8,000 foot trail, it, it really um, uh, calls the herd, so to speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's, what's that's your, a what's that's a great question. Um, I, you know, for me, my favorite rides are usually link ups. Anything I can go out and ride 30 miles starting from my house and all my rides start right. I live in Old Town, so I start right out my garage. My garage is my trailhead here. Um, and there's a number of loops I can do where I can go ride for a couple hours and never cross paths. Uh, some of the nicest terrain is up in Daly Canyon. We've got a lot of old growth forests up there. They're spectacular. And certainly the Ridge Ride um, or the Wasatch Crest is, is always a favorite to ride up from town, come across on that, drop down at the canyons and ride home. Yeah, that's a that's an amazing trail. We did ride um, a really yeah. Good, it's big hard to go wrong. When I rode there, particularly last now. It used um, to have a brutal yeah. a brutal start called Puke Hill. Exactly. Um, that you would take a fire road up, and it was just um you know it was just uh -huh. downright unpleasant. Now you can leave from town um, near the base of Park City Mountain Resort and go up uh go up Armstrong to what's called a pine cone which is a relatively new trail and that will drop you out right at the start of the crest trail. And that's, that's a wonderful, it's a, it's a challenging climb, but once you get up there, it's spectacular. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we rode um, that Armstrong to Pinecone to get up there when we uh, rode it last time. And I know when we were there for, we did a sales meeting in Park City, like, I want to say four years ago now for Club Ride. And we uh, yeah. we rode up uh, Armstrong and Pinecone after uh, meetings one day. So it's great. Although I, I, I will say when I did ride there, this was probably five years ago when we came over for a weekend. But we uh, we rode, got to the top, and we were sitting on the crest trail. And I'm like, man, it is so busy up here. And this girl looked over me and she goes, yeah, it is pioneer pioneer day. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a mistake. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, one of the things that's been loading the, the crest trail and yeah. a good reason to ride it earlier late is because now they're starting to shuttle out of salt Lake where they'll, you've got a van that'll run you up to the top, um, top there and drop you off. And then you just have to do the climb up to the ridge and you get to, to ride the whole thing. And that, that brings large groups of, you know, anywhere from eight to 20 people that you get, you get five or six of those going on the ridge at the same time. And it gets fairly overwhelmed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, a bit it's like, nice and uh, that it increases access, but for sure. those of us that like to go out there and uh, at quiet times, it means you got to be strategic about when you get out. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, what, uh, you said you've been in Sun Valley, for your, you know, I, there, you most of the stuff, um, up Adams Gulch is always a treat. I try to ride some of those, uh, each time I come up, uh, Corral Creek is it's short. I wish that were about, uh, you know, a dozen miles long instead of three, but I think that is just some of the best riding anywhere. Um, wonderful, wonderful dirt through the pines. And even um, I rode that literally a week after it burned. And it's been interesting to watch it all come back and, and the wildflowers that were interestingly coming up almost as the, the soil was still cooling. Uh, I also, the lesser known rides up there that I enjoy, I'll yeah, often no go up and do, the, do a couple of figure eights on the Galena rides. And then take the uh, take the old Galena Road, which uh, is a series of single and mostly double track that'll take you up to the pass. And that's a great one in that it's a little adventurous and you hardly ever see anybody on it. And it's a nice way to finish the day with a good climb. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's funny you you mentioned the uh, Galena Road climb. We do. Um, we'll park at the lodge and we'll do a little loop out on some yeah. of the northern yeah. stuff, uh, the new northern trails, jump on the toll road, as we call it, and then we'll go yeah. up and when you get nearly to the top, if you go I across have. the highway I have. and you go to Titus Lake. It is. That's, a, that's a bit of a hike a bike, if I recall, to get oh, up to it. So and then fun. it's it's a wonderful ride back. <laughs> No, you just ride all the features. You ride them all. <laughs> I have never ridden all of them. And I think they're, I think Don, Don Shepler, who runs Galena Lodge, I don't know if you met Don, but he is an amazing technical oh, That's impressive. Guy. That um, is really impressive. I think impressive. Don has cleaned that. I, I attacked it with the that. hopes of cleaning most of it, but I, I carried my bike all too much. Uh, there were there were quite a few sections there that were, were both steep, loose, and yeah, uh, stumpy, I seem to recall.
for sure for sure they actually built um a new trail up um on the the galena trails too on the other side of the of the nice. highway so they're starting to build yeah, i a think little i bit saw that last the, time i was up there the but it was still closed um so it's uh okay yeah they opened it uh i want to say like kind of midsummer if i remember right i can't remember exactly when it was open but it's got kind of a, a steep brutal climb to get to it but it oh, takes nice. 15 minutes and you're to the top of the trail so it's something you could lap a couple times um but it's really fun yeah they've uh built that and i think they have some plans for a few other trails too so that'll be great um but yeah you're you're spot on with you know adams gulch and and uh corral creek those are all you know great oh. places to ride you also need to come up and ride the new alden gulch trail i have which yeah is off of baker creek have you ever ridden in that baker creek drainage um because there's like you know the uh um uh, I can't think of the, the name of the big, it? there's a huge ride yeah, that you can do off yeah. the end of Baker Creek. That'll bring you all the way back to town. If you want the Osberg Ridge. Yeah. Um, so Alden Gulch was part of uh, Osberg Ridge before. And after yeah. one of the fires, it just got decimated because it was an old super steep, you know, moto trail. So the forest service wanted to redo it. Um, so they came actually came to me cause I was, I was at the time kind of the interim director of our trails coalition uh, while we were looking for somebody and they said, hey, we need to raise $30,000. Can you help us to finish this trail? So within, nice. I think we raised thirty grand in about three weeks. Because um, as you know, in communities like Park City and Sun Valley, trails are so important to people that they're so willing true. to you know, throw down their beer money for, uh, for trails. So yeah, so we ended up raising a bunch of money. And the Forest Service built this trail called Alden, which is a multi-use trail with kind of mountain bike properties <laughs> as one would say Fun. so there's a couple of like a line b lines there's some jumps in there um and they used a lot of the like natural terrain um but it's like 5.2 miles from the top to the bottom so oh i can't wait to it's, try I, it's um, so cool i've only um, ridden osberg once and i made the mistake of we did a uh, yeah. we left from warm springs and did a loop which I can't remember if we went up or came down Castle Creek. There's two drainages there, and we went up one, ran, rode the ridge, and came down the other. Uh, walking out was an epic hike a bike through a stream, and um, luckily it was my wife's idea because she never would have forgiven me if it was mine. Yeah, yeah, you probably yeah, went. That up sounds Castle. right. Um, Castle is a it's a beast of a climb. Um, it's it's. It's super fun to come down, you know, um, but yeah, it's a beast of a ride. Actually, a buddy of mine, this is a funny story, a buddy of mine, he wanted yep. to ride from Ketchum all the way out to Castle, Osberg Ridge, all the way back to town. So I said, sure, let's do that. So it was October, I think. It was right right when the season was starting to get cold. So we left We left our houses. I think it was eight degrees when we left. Yep. Um, we rolled out, and at Castle, you have to go across the creek. So we get there and he goes one direction. I go another. We're looking for a place to get across without getting our feet wet. So I walk and I don't see anything. I come back. I look and he's on the other side of the creek. And I said, uh, oh, dude, you got to cross. He goes, yeah, but I got wet. Dude. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how good of an idea this is. I didn't say anything. But the context of this is my buddy Joel yeah. is an ex-ski racer. So ski racers have notoriously bad circulation in their feet, right? So Joel gets cold very easily. So his shoes are soaked. We get across the other side and he goes, do you think this is a good idea? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, you know, let's just, let's pedal, see if you warm up a bit. 
So we rolled for, you know, 30 minutes. His feet weren't getting any warmer. So he ended up taking his uh, arm warmers off <laughs> and he put his arm warmers around his feet and put them back in his shoes. And he ended up doing the whole ride. I was amazed. Um, I think my feet barely got wet and my feet were cold the entire ride. So um, that's kind of the perspective of that. But yeah, that's a from town. Yeah, it was. It was um, to, Rooks Creek that we came down. Ride. And it's I a, would not recommend that to A1. So. Oh, okay. No, that's, it's funny you mentioned Rooks. I was actually going to bring that up. So um, Rooks is another one. Like they redid Alden two years ago. Um, and now Rooks Creek oh, nice. is uh, already being flagged by the Forest Service. And that one's going to get a reroute. So we're starting to get all these like nice little spines that'll come off of Osberg. Um, so you can do different loops. Because um, I, I think, you know, not that going all the way out Baker Creek and going up and coming down Osberg all the way back to town isn't fun. It's great. Um, but now what we're, what we're figuring out is you can park at the bottom of Alden Gulch. You can ride up Baker Creek Road do Osberg about two thirds of the way and then come down and finish on that Alden descent back to your car. So you have like a shorter loop, which you can do in like three hours um, versus either getting a shuttle out to the end of Baker Creek or, you know, shuttling cars back and forth, all that. So um, it's just another option. And then the Rooks Creek will be another one where you can park at Rooks, go up Warm Springs road, go up castle. Yeah. if You want to suffer that ride and then come back down Rooks after Osberg. So, it's just well, that gives up some me something other, to look you know, forward to this summer. Can do, which, you know, is always cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll have to uh, you have to get in touch with us when you come up and ride, and um, you know, take you on some some stuff you probably I'd, not. I'd love it. I'll reciprocate too if you come to Park City. That, uh, you know, we keep in our back pockets. Yeah, for sure. And I need to get down there and ride again. I know there's probably some new stuff that you know wasn't there before yeah. that. Uh, um, I'd love to go try. So definitely think about that. So one last thing, I want to get on one last huh. topic. What's Controversial. The, what's I think. the e-bike situation in Park City? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's funny no because way. we, so in Utah, I, I think you see this in Idaho and Arizona for that matter, but uh, we tend to have a preemptive legislature, meaning that the, if they don't like what you're doing locally, they'll sometimes overrule it. And we have a uh, one of our state senators keeps threatening to um, uh, declassify e-bikes as as e-bikes, which would mean they're allowed anywhere um, bikes can go. Um, And so we've been trying to be constructive. I've been working with them saying, well, how about we make some allowances and why don't we pilot some programs and. The good that's come out of that is we've reached an agreement in the community and passed an ordinance that allows anybody that's 65 or older to ride an e-bike where you could typically ride bikes. And we also have made allowances for people with disabilities or injuries uh, to be able to ride their e-bike. So that resolves some of the access issues. It still doesn't resolve the fact there are e-bike owners that just want to ride them on all the same trails. And we've had a couple of conversations with our community about maybe opening a few trails to e-bikes only or doing some pilot programs, but there's been strong pushback. And we've done two surveys in the last year and uh, about 65 to 70% of our public is adamantly opposed to e-bikes. And so as mayor, the, the, the tight rope I'm walking is trying to keep our state legislators happy so they don't um, take away our authority to regulate our trails while at the same time meeting our resident needs, which are they don't want to see 
um, more e-bikes. And um, somehow I think uh, given time, we're going to lose on this one in terms of by lose, I mean, it's going to open up increased access to e-bikes. And I just hope we can do it in a thoughtful, controlled manner that, that balances the use of the trails and, in my perfect world, we would build some e-bike specific trails for that new use um, that have better visibility and more wide open spaces. But uh, as our trails get used more and more, I think we need to segment our hikers from our bikers, from our horseback riders, from our e-bikers as much as possible. So there's less encounters and potential collisions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your your approach was is the right one of the slow, steady, let's think this out before making quick decisions. Um, just because, you know, like I've talked to many places that they say, oh, well, you know, we're afraid that, that these e-bikers, because they're out going too fast and blah, 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 they're ruining the experience for a hiker. That's, that's jeopardizing the yep. non-e-bike riders' uh, ability to be on the trail. So that's something that needs to be very thought out and, and you know, um, looked at properly and going through your entire community, like you guys are doing, that sounds like the right way to do it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully all goes well. Um, the one question I did have is you say that, um, you're able to get trail access to people 65 and older. Are, now, are we talking, are those forest service trails or we actually have on zero the federal land lands around us? So Park it's City all roads? on, um, we've got, we've got a patchwork of okay. different it's land that the city owns that's deed restricted as open space. We've got land that the resorts own, and then we have easements through private property. And then I guess we also have land that's owned by our various land trusts. So um, it's all through agreements with those, those various groups. Yeah. That, Cause that's, that's the other, you know, sticky situation we've all seen it now is, the Forest Service is saying, you know, no e-bikes. The BLM is saying some e-bikes in some places. Yeah. And there's like, get on the same page here. Like, let's let's all work together, because if one agency says no and one agency says yes to everything, there's going to be some major issues, especially in a place like Sun Valley, where I live, is, you know, there's no yeah. like cutoff in the valley that says this is BLM and this is Forest Service. Um, you know, like the mountain, Bald Mountain, our, our ski hill. Half of that mountain, the top half is BLM, the bottom half is Forest Service, as goofy as that is. Um, and so those are the problems that you have. And, and when people don't know what trail is a BLM trail, what trail is a Forest Service trail, there's going to be that, well, I didn't know. And that's what, you know, we just need to, you know. Better educate Good luck with that. I hope you're able to. to and I, service on the same you know, I would add to the people that I'd like to see get on the same page <laughs> as the bike industry. I think this is something that that the the bike industry really should come out with some policies and 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 also help with the educational effort for local shops and local trail um, trail trusts to to help with this because as long as e bikes keep getting marketed and produced without any real criteria or good markings to talk about top speeds and 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 such, it it just complicates things all the more to regulate them. For sure. There was an article I read, like, I don't know, it was maybe yep. a month, two months ago. I can't remember who wrote it. It was a, a big industry person who was, I think, the head of a bike company. I don't want to put a name out there because I don't know who it really was. But I remember that person saying, you know, the, yep. the e-bike industry was way too far ahead of the cart. Uh, you know, the horse cart was ahead of the horse, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
and they're still trying to play catch up. And you're totally right. You know, it is, it is one of those things where the, the bikes came out and everybody was just like, e-bikes, I want an e-bike, I want an e-bike. And they're like, whoa, where, how are these regulated? And where, uh, you know, it wasn't very well put together. And it, it is, it is too bad that, you know, the bike industry didn't, you know, get ahead of that before, yeah. um, you know, well, I think there's just still time to coordinate it, but it has to happen soon. They're everywhere now. Um, otherwise, we're just going to sort of deal with the patchwork of rules, and we'll have to see yeah. where, um, you know, what each state does, what the feds do, and then each town is going to be left to sort of fend for itself, and each organization is going to be up to their own education campaigns. But, boy, it'd be nice if the industry rallied and said, okay, this is this is an opportunity, but we have to handle it right. we got to be smart about how we uh, – how we market this and educate our users. And I think it'd make it a lot easier on all of us to, to, to manage it locally then. Well, for sure, because guys like you are trying to get your constituents to understand this, but if you don't have the right information nationally from bike companies or forest service and BLM, then they go, well, we can just make our own rules up then, you know, and that's not what you want to do. We want to, we exactly. want to make this, you know, as symbiotic around the country as possible, right? Um, so, anyways, who who knows? But well, you know what? We're we're at thirty two minutes, Andy. I'm going to let you go, but we really appreciate you getting on our podcast and uh, hopefully get down there in Park City to ride with you this summer. And again, if you're in Sun Valley, come by. We'll ride. We'll have a beer at Lefties. Well, hopefully, we'll have a beer at Lefties after all this. I'm in. Stuff. I look forward to but, it uh, coming up yeah, and again, uh, we really spending appreciate some time you with you and stretching my legs. So, uh, Cameron, you take care. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye.